Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. In the garden, opposites collide. Earth and heaven, evil and good, humanity and God, self-will and God's will, bondage and freedom, surrender and victory. Let us go back in time to that moment in the garden at the foot of the mountain. It is dark. The sorrow, heaviness of heart and distress of future events is overwhelming. He knows his hour has come. The disciples follow, for now at least. He tells them to watch and pray, so that they will not enter into temptation. He cares for them so much, more than they are yet to know. In so many ways he demonstrated his love and servant heart. Knowing it was his darkest hour, he washed their feet and served them. It was to be their last supper together. His thoughts were not for himself, but for them. He earnestly prayed for them and all who subsequently will follow. His love is so great, his passion so immense, his faithfulness undeniable. He withdrew from them and went a little farther away into a private space within the garden. He knew his time had come. He knelt down before his Father in heaven and bowed his face into the ground. In the most humble position, Jesus speaks. Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He knew all things are possible with God the Father. In fact, all things are possible for him, as he is the Son of God. He had all the power of heaven at his disposal, yet he refused to use it. He knows there is no other way as he told his disciples many times that he must suffer for their sakes and for all humanity. Yet he intimately, warmly, tenderly declares, Oh, my Father! Jesus reveals his Father. Our Father is there with him in his darkest hour. Jesus declares, if at all possible, let this cup pass from me. If at all possible, knowing there is no other way. In doing so, he is identifying with our humanity, our conflict, death, sorrow and pain. For he must drink the cup of human suffering. Yes, it is our cup, 
the cup of all our offences that we have thought, said and done and will do, towards God and each other, and the consequences of them, which is death. Jesus concludes, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. The two are one in surrender, the Father and the Son. His whole life, his one desire, is to live according to the Father's will. They did everything together. Jesus explained this and told it to them so many times. He said the Son can do nothing of himself, and the Father and he are one. Doing the will of his Father is his food, nutrition, motive, and mission. There is no other way. Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. Even in this most deeply distressing time, the Father, the Son, remain as one. The agony was deep. His sweat became like drops of blood falling into the dirt of humanity. He prayed more earnestly. Jesus demonstrates he is willingly giving up his human self-will and surrendering it to his Father's will. He reveals the heart of our Father who willingly gives up everything in his Son to us to set humanity free. The Father's will and the Son's will are one. In the garden, opposites collide. Earth and heaven, evil and good, humanity and God, self-will and God's will, bondage and freedom, surrender and victory. He goes back to his disciples. They have fallen asleep. Again, his concern for them is first and foremost in his mind. He declares to them, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus leaves them and returns to that private place. Again he asks his father, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. The first time Jesus asks his Father, he was identifying with humanity, in the place of humanity, laying down self-will. Now he is identifying with the Father, his Father, our Father, and he declares, your will be done. The reality sets in. The drinking of the cup of human suffering cannot pass away unless he drinks it. He is the only one. He has to drink our cup so that we can be set free from drinking the cup. Our cup of all offences we have ever said, thought and done and will do, individually and collectively throughout all the ages, past, present and future, 
He is the one that must drink the cup for humanity to be truly free, for he alone is the perfect man. Again he goes back to his disciples. And again they are sleeping. Their eyes are so heavy. Again he leaves them and returns to the private place, the place with his father. A third time he asks his father, speaking the same words. A third time he returns to his disciples. This time he announces, it is time. Three times Jesus engages with the father. Three times he surrenders. To understand the garden of victory, we must go back to the garden of shame. Back to the beginning when God created. In the midst of the garden was the first man and woman. God created and provided a never-ending abundant supply of food and water. It was so beautiful, pristine, and indeed very good. There were many trees for food. Also two other trees were there. The tree of eternal life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Remember, this is God's perfect creation, where evil has no place or power. It is a place of love, unity, equality and respect. As God so loves, he does everything out of love. He gave the first man and woman everything of himself and his perfect creation. Out of his great love, he gave the power of choice. The choice to partake of his life, love and life forever, or to partake of the knowledge of good and evil and physically die. The first woman in the garden heard the voice of the evil one and listens closely. As she engaged with the evil one, she saw through the eyes of deception and pride that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was good for food, pleasing to the eye and desirable to make one wise. Three deceptions, three temptations, three forms of corruption. God had already imparted his wisdom and will, urging them to choose life and not to partake of the knowledge of good and evil, for they shall surely die. Yet the first woman chose to partake. The first man did likewise. As a result of choosing to become one with both good and evil, they gave their power to rule and reign over the earth to evil and their selfish desires or the flesh. They usurped God's authority and his right to rule and reign in defining what is good and evil. Reasoning that, number one, it looks good, Therefore, it must be good, even when God said it wasn't. The deceptions of the lust of the eye. Number two. It will feel good, therefore it must be good, even when God said it wasn't. The deceptions of the lust of the flesh. And number three. It is good to be wiser than God, even when God said it wasn't. The deceptions of pride. All three deceptions led to destruction of self and others. The first man and woman chose to partake of this knowledge. Both chose to be one with good and evil. 
giving over their God-given power to evil and activating evil into God's perfect world. Since then, humanity has been trapped, a slave to their selfish desires. Paradise was lost. It was given away. The curse of human suffering, oppression, injustice and death was activated into God's perfect world. The earth is now out of harmony. Humanity is now at war within and against each other. The good seed of humanity has been corrupted. Yet Jesus, the perfect man, born of a woman, of the Holy Spirit, in the garden at the foot of the mountain, three times surrenders humanity's will to the will of the Father. Jesus turns the garden of shame into the garden of victory. In Jesus, paradise is brought back. The cost is beyond measure. Jesus returns to his disciples while he is still speaking, the darkness sets in. The multitude have come, led by his betrayer. He comes closer and draws near, for it is with a customary sign of affection that he will identify Jesus to his enemies. He will be betrayed by a kiss. John chapter 18, verses 3 to 12. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Then he asked them again, Whom are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled which he spoke. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Then the detachment of troops and the captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. He knew everything that was going to happen to him. Yet he said, I am he. Such boldness, authority and directness. Reminiscent of his teaching and preaching in the daylight, when he said before Abraham was, I am. Yes, the eternal one, the great I am. The situation or circumstances did not change his identity, motive or mission. His heart is pure. His passion intense. His authority divine. With those words, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. 
They are one of the most powerful and brutal armies the world has ever known, accompanied with the temple police. Yet with one word from Jesus, they all fell to the ground. Let's take a moment to think about this. They have come to arrest the light of the world in the darkness, carrying lanterns, torches and weapons. They have chosen the darkness. Jesus, with all power and authority, responds with a few simple words. I am he. Yet with all the authority of the world's superpower and religious, they cannot arrest him unless he willingly gives them his life. Therefore he lays down his life and asks them again, Whom are you seeking? They reply, Jesus of Nazareth. He reiterates, I am he. He willingly laid down his life, as this is the will of the Father. This is the will of the Son. The two are indeed one. Again his thoughts are for others. He tells the soldiers it is he that they seek, and as a result they are to let his disciples go. Yet Peter takes matters into his own hands, still not understanding that it is Jesus who has all the power and authority. He uses his sword and slashes off the ear of one of those who's come to arrest him. Jesus answered and said to Peter, Permit even this. And he touched the ear and healed him. He healed one of those who persecuted him, came to arrest him and do the works of evil. Oh, such love! Can our flesh permit such a thing? Jesus speaks light and life into Peter's flesh and declares, Permit even this. Jesus willingly gives us and the soldiers and the religious who reject him his life to set humanity free. For this is the will of the Father. This is the will of the Son. The two are one. Jesus emphasizes again. Shall I not drink the cup which my Father has given me? God did not give or cause suffering. Suffering is a result of humanity giving power to their flesh and evil. This occurred right back in the beginning in the garden, the perfect garden, where everything was good. In another garden centuries later, a garden damaged by evil, God in his great love willingly took the cup of suffering and transformed it into the cup of salvation. A cup of salvation that overflows with freedom and victory for all to freely drink. It is time for every disciple of Jesus to be truly free. To come to our Garden of Gethsemane moment and declare, Father, not my will, but yours be done. In the garden, opposites collide. The choice is real. The consequences eternal. The testimony is true. The event's undeniable. What is your response? For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered and transformed in Jesus' name.